0: an adaptation but along the way you know there was aches and pains There was uh, working out as nutrition it wasn't all plain sailing it wasn't like i'm really unfit i'm really overweight bang straight line i'm now very fit in fact very competitively fit and looking you know fantastic um there was lots of bumps along the way lots of peaks lots of troughs and so it's the same the body is adapting to a different way of eating it's just exactly the same you know the mechanisms change the gut bacteria changes so uh, your fluid balance changes, electrolyte balance changes. Everything is adapting. So I look at I look at people that are looking at this way of eating exactly the same way as I would look at someone that's coming to to become more athletic, for instance. I think, right, okay, you want to eat this way. What's going to happen along the way that's going to make you want to stop? So, sometimes people have constipation or diarrhea and they don't understand why. But if you explain why that's happening and it's, it's just a phase and it will stop and your body will adjust to this different way of eating, um, it tends to make life a lot easier when you've got a bit of knowledge, I think.
1: Welcome to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. On this podcast, I bring you information, education, advice, and tips from healthcare professionals, scientists, doctors, and everyday people who have changed their lives and health through diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes and are now rocking their best life. Join me on this journey to rock your best life. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice as I am not a qualified healthcare provider. The information presented on this podcast is for educational purposes Rock Your Best Life and Rock and Rosa Wellness are not qualified to provide medical advice. Please consult your own physician or provider with any medical issues that you may be experiencing. This disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors of this podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I am really excited um, to have Coach Stephen Thomas on. Um, He's also known as the UK Carnivore. He is one of the amazing coaches um, that are in the Steak and Butter Gang um, Challenge. And he was somebody that really helped me a lot um, in January. um, Kind of just understanding what was happening to my body as I just, you know, simply took out a few plants. And he really explained, you know, what was going on with the adaption process. And he is a wealth of knowledge. You know, he really specializes in, he's an online um, personal trainer, online coach. And he has a bachelor of science degree, uh, a lot of uh, certifications. He's a level four personal trainer, which apparently doesn't mean anything in the U.S., but it means something in the U.K. Um, But he is somebody that is just really, um, of really great wealth, you know, just full of great information, helps a lot of people, really breaks down the science, and he has a lot of fun props he uses, and if you watch the YouTube version, uh, the video on my uh, YouTube page, um, you will see that he uses a couple props. Um, in the video too so it's kind of fun and he is just somebody that um, really um, helps a lot of people and we talk a lot about um, you know exercise and you know but how it's really important to rest repair in between um, and how you can overtrain um, and you know just the importance of diet. And and we, you know, he tells his story, you know, about how he was a long-distance runner um, and how he was gaining weight. And he's somebody that's over 50, and he looks amazing. He's completely, you know, um, transformed his body. And like I said, you know, he was gaining weight and, you know, just couldn't understand why. Um, and we talk a lot about how we can work out smarter, Instead of harder. And, you know, this is something that I realized, you know, recently I actually, you know, over the last couple of years I had to really um, stop, you know, working out so much. I was weightlifting and and we talk a little bit about this in the episode. Um, just overtraining. And I actually, you know, was gaining weight. And I couldn't understand why because I was just working out all the time, right? Like I've been doing for... Um, you know, years. And I had, I developed some injuries, you know, some stress injuries just from overtraining. And that was something that happened in 2019 for me. And, you know, walking really helped me. But of course, you know, that's, you know, um, not enough to kind of um, keep that muscle tone. And, um, you know, diet is just so important. You know, it's really 80% diet. And then having that time of rest and repair. So I love that we talk about, you know, working out, you know, for a shorter duration and getting results. Um, And also diet, you know, diet is so important. Um, But I just love this conversation with uh, Coach Steven. Um, Like I said, he has a lot of certifications. Um, He's really good about breaking down everything in, um, in a scientific way to help people understand. Um, And he's such a great, you know, aspect to the Steak and Butter gang. So if you're not part of that group, you need to go join because they just have, you know, basically they just have somebody for everybody, I feel like. Um, So they have um, four coaches, five coaches. (laughs) Um, They have Coach Raymond and Coach Emily and Coach Cherish, um, who actually I um, interview uh, next week. So look out for that episode. It's going to be really great. And, you know, Coach Steven, um, Coach Deck, okay? And so they have something, you know, to support you. And you can work with Coach Steven in the group. Um, and, of course, you know, every, you know, if you're in the challenge, um, you can ask him anything, you know? And I and I will just tune into the meetings, um, you know, not if I have a question, but... Of course, I'll ask, but also, you know, just to hear all these different, you know, questions, responses, his answer. Um, and, he's, and he's really great about, you know, if he doesn't know something, he will say, hey, I don't know, but I can, you know, look into that and find out for you. Um, you know, maybe try and experiment and see what works. And so he is just a wealth of knowledge and helps a lot of people. Um, and so I... May sound a little funny today because actually I went to Colorado Springs over the um, last weekend and I came back with just a lot of congestion, a lot of allergy issues. And as it turns out, um, a lot of people are having this issue in my area because it's spring and the juniper, I guess the juniper trees are just producing a lot of pollen And I was, you know, hoping it wouldn't be as bad this year, but I think it's just the amount. Um, So I'm, you know, kind of recovering from that. It's getting a little better. Um, But yeah, allergies are kind of kicking my booty. Um, But yeah, I hope that you enjoy this episode today. Um, I hope you have some great takeaways. And don't forget to share it with somebody that you think may find some value, And um, go ahead and give me an honest rating or review over on iTunes. Let me know how you're loving this podcast. And I can't wait to share some more amazing interviews with you. And um, as always, I want you to get out there. Have a great rest of your week. And don't forget to rock your best life. Talk to you in the next episode. Welcome back to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. With me today, I have the wonderful coach Stephen thomas he is um, known as the uk carnivore and he is a a pt a back specialist uh a carnivore um he specializes in diabetes obesity physical training pain management um he is bsc qualified and a level four personal trainer we'll talk about all that stuff welcome steven
0: hi there yes um, yeah the I'm personal trainer level four um, in the UK that means something uh, but obviously not in, in the states or anywhere else but it just means I've done the personal training training and qualified above that to go a bit above and beyond and the specialist practitioner status in obesity and in diabetes just means that you know healthcare professionals or doctors, they can refer to me if they want to, if they've got a diabetic patient or a a obese patient. So all those qualifications are really good. Uh, I'm a qualified phlebotomist as well. So we do bloods, I take bloods, can uh, interpret bloods. And our our lab always sends a doctor's report with with the blood. So it's quite quite good to have lots of different sort of disciplines, I think, because they all join hand in hand. Uh, I definitely did the lower back pain management um, course because lower back pain is really common. Mm-hmm. and it's nice to know about the anatomy and the, the skeleton as well as the muscles and also the nutrition because they just they just all go hand in hand it's no point in knowing one thing being really good you know it's, it's it's the old joke about if you're a surgeon you're going to cut something out if you if you're good with medicines you're going to give somebody a tablet so um it's best to know every single thing you can about the body or as much as you can i mean i i I'm scratching the surface the more I learn the more I realize I don't know to be honest so um you know I'm at 58 now and I'm, I'm still learning all the time but I just think it's, it's been a good journey to get all those qualifications and then to get some practical real hands-on experience over the years so it's good good uh, good skill set I think you'd say
1: no it is you know it's a wonderful you're a wonderful wealth of knowledge and I was introduced to you from joining Bella's um Steak and butter gang, mm-hmm. and, and you know, just, you know, switching um, in January to, you know, just full strict carnivore, no plants. Um, you have helped me a lot in the adaption part, understanding, okay, why is my body uh, reacting this way when I, all I did is took out a few you know, of the plants I was eating?
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is what I just... When someone comes for personal training, you talk about the training response, you know, the chronic adaptation to what you're doing. Somebody can come and uh, want to be a good runner, for instance, and they'll go from, oh, this is a real story, I had a 50-year-old guy, uh, four stone overweight, so, you know, 50-odd 50 50 pounds, and um, he wanted to just get fit. And within a year, he was in the top 25% five, five of the world marathon running wow yeah yeah well that's an adaptation but along the way you know there was aches and pains that was uh, working out as nutrition it wasn't all plain sailing it wasn't like i'm really unfit i'm really overweight bang straight line i'm now very fit in fact very competitively fit and looking you know fantastic um there was lots of bumps along the way lots of peaks lots of troughs and so it's the same the body is adapting to a different way of eating it's just exactly the same you know the mechanisms change the gut Bacteria changes. So uh, your fluid balance changes, electrolyte balance changes. Everything is adapting. So I look at at people that are looking at this way of eating exactly the same way as I would look at someone that's come in to, to become more athletic, for instance. I think, right, okay, you want to eat this way. What's going to happen along the way that's going to make you want to stop? So sometimes people have constipation or diarrhea and they don't understand why. But if you explain why that's happening and it's, it's just a phase and it will stop and your body will adjust to this different way of eating um, tends to make life a lot easier when you've got of knowledge, I think. For the person, I mean, I don't mean as a coach.
1: No, no, I agree, you know, because, um, yeah, for me, I had, I didn't have the constipation, but I had the other end. Mm. <laughs> and it lasted, uh, you know, about a month uh, for me. And then eventually, yeah, it, like you said, it just goes away and then your body adapts. Mm. Um, but let's go into um, who you are, what you do, um, all these qualifications you have and how you help people.
0: Okay. Uh, well, um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm 58 this year, uh, so I've been around a long time. I was a high carb advocate for many, many years. Um, even at 14, I was, you know, running the 800 meters at school, and also doing distance running, which I now realise was a bad combination. Um, so I was interested in sort of short, middle distance, long distance. I was playing soccer as well um, because I. A bit of an idiot. I had lots of opportunities to be semi professional in soccer, but I didn't want to do the training, which is how I understand motivation or not doing the right things. You know, I'm not perfect. Look back on that as a big, big mistake, but I, you know, I did did okay with the soccer. And then um, I won a singles tournament in tennis. Um, So lots and lots of sport and lots of time in the gym. But I was eating uh, skim milk. You know, porridge or oatmeal, as you call it, lots and lots of freshly squeezed orange juice, doing all the uh, apparently healthy things. And then by the time I was 40, this all caught up on me. So I was very active in the gym, doing lots of running, and I was getting fatter and I was pre-diabetic. I had lower left quadrant pain. I had to have a colonoscopy, had a heart scan. I had a CAC score of six hundred and thirty nine, which means I'm a prime candidate for a heart attack. And that was back then. Ooh. And every calculation tool that you can use online to see what are your chances of having a heart attack. When I put my stats in, it always said you're pretty much 100 percent perfect, perfect person that's going to have a heart attack within the next five weeks or something like that. It was, you know, all this, all the things were terrible. Um, oh, The bloods were pretty bad. My testosterone was low and. Luckily, in my forties, I also started my, you know, qualifications, and it all made sense to me that I was doing all the wrong things. Uh, I lost my parents when I was young. They was very much into sort of the, the bran in the morning. So my, my mum, for instance, she died of colon cancer, but she had bran flakes, uh, which is a UK cereal, because she really believed the fibre stuff. Um, you know, uh, like I say, she had skim milk. She was doing orange juice. Complan and all terrible things I realize now. Uh, Father died of cancer of the spine after being told he had a calcium deficiency. So I'd seen firsthand that you can eat a a certain way and it doesn't make any difference. But that that wasn't at the forefront of my mind. But now talking about it, I realize that it, it, it was important to have those life lessons. But anyway, so I get to my mid 40s doing my qualifications. And the real turning point was the diabetic one, to be honest, because the whole course was looking at um, insulin injections, basically in relation to carbohydrate intake. And I kept querying, saying, "Well, surely just lower the carbohydrates—that makes more sense to me. It's really basic common sense that if you're medicating and it's the dose goes up as you eat more carbohydrates, and you don't want to be medicating and you feel like this is a bad thing to be doing, why not just reduce the carbohydrates?" Of course, the big pushback is the food industry, the the drug industry. They don't want you off the medications. Sadly, you know, I began to realize that. Luckily, some of the books I have been studying, you know, um, I use the Guyton's Medical Physiology textbook because it's not sponsored by pharmaceutical companies, so you get your your information from there. So, anyway, fifty was a big turning point for me because I went um, low carb. I started low carb, and I saw immediate improvements in absolutely everything uh simple small things improved a bit i used to have a big rash here come out all the time like somebody got a strawberry and pushed me head like this and looked horrible um athlete's foot like i say all the other things were a lot more serious but things started to get better on low carb but they didn't completely resolve i i, I lost you know a fair bit of weight A I, I pudgy bit around my middle like, uh, you know didn't look so great even though i was running so people think you know you can outrun your diet you can you know i really was running to a really good level i promise you but i'm still getting fatter uh you know the, the runnersworld.com uh website did a 13,000 runner study and after a decade of running they were all fatter and they were all having to run more but anyway um so, yeah, so I did low carb. Low carb worked, used all the typical resources that most people have heard of. You know, Dr. Eric Berg and Ken Berry. I was looking at those those sort of people, very interesting influencers uh, and knowledgeable. Um, you know, obviously, I've now looked back at some of some of the things that, uh, you know, like Eric Berg was saying, but I don't mm. particularly agree with, but he's a nice person to get into, a good gateway into the low carb. Uh, and then I just realized there was there was more to this than meets the eye and i started listening to stuff about keto and reading up about keto um some interesting case studies in the things i was studying over my qualifications talking about the therapeutic benefit of ketogenic diets I thought this is worth me trying so uh i did that for a couple of years and i did see improvements it was like a step change so low carb you Know, brought the weight down and uh, improved lots of things. And the same thing when I went keto, lost a bit more weight, uh, other things started improving, health was definitely better. And then when I got to 55, we're nearly there, Rosa. Did ask oh, me no. my story. I know, <laughs> I know, to- I love
1: it. Keep going. I love your story, <laughs> uh, Stephen.
0: <laughs> so I, I got to 55 and, um, you know, I was already practicing, like I say, with the diabetes and obesity and all those sort of things. And I just um, realized carnivore was probably going to be the thing to try. So I did a 30 day challenge to myself. Uh, I didn't I, I didn't know about the steak and butter girl there. And at that point, I don't think he was around at that point. And I thought I'd just go carnivore. I was looking at uh, things like Dr. Sean Baker and Paul Saladino when he was p- particularly good mm-hmm. when he started out. Um So I went carnivore for 30 days, could not believe the difference, could not believe it. Um, One of the biggest things for me was, you know, at 55, as a 55-year-old male, you shouldn't see your testosterone jump up. But within two months of carnivore, and this is where the phlebotomy is really handy so I can get the blood, Mm -hmm. I saw a 30% increase in my testosterone, 30%, you know, just completely from changing the diet or going more high-protein. Uh, however you want to look at it, or be more carnivorous, whatever the word is. But anyway, so, yeah, so 55, two and a half years later, I look at that as a the, the best thing I did for my health. Never felt so vital. Uh, I know we're going to talk about exercise in a minute, but just to briefly touch on that, I saw my strength go up, absolutely categorically going up, gained muscle uh, quicker than I've ever gained muscle before. with uh, to my chain, my training, which was actually training less, and, and yeah, but more effectively. Mm-hmm. So carnival was really brilliant. I joined the MeetRx uh, website, did Sean Baker's course to be a coach there, started coaching people. You know, I've got literally hundreds of online reviews now. People getting off medications, changing their way of eating has made the difference. You know, they've lost uh, fat off their body. Their body composition has improved. Um, their anxiety is less, you know, there's so many, the skin is better, the hair and the nails. So it's been a brilliant journey. It's it's, it's really exciting. I, I hope that comes across from me, that it's just been really strikingly, you know, humbling to see such big changes. And so many people make a big, you know, a big difference to their life and get really nice comments and people doing videos coming on to do, you know, success stories and those sort of things. It's been amazing. Um, And I learned so much from those people, you know, because they, the more you listen to people and I'm not dismissive of anything. If, If someone says, you know, I'm eating a ton of meat and I've still got cravings, which goes against what most people, you know, actually experience, then you've got to drill down and say, well, why is that happening to you? And then as soon as you, get to the nitty gritty of why that one person is having that problem you can put that in your toolbox and if it comes up again you can relate to that particular situation and use you know experience of real people in real situations to to try and help somebody through you know a difficult period or to understand what's going on and uh, you know it's It's a really good space to be in. It's very supportive. Uh, I'm not one of these sort of negative people. I don't, if people want to eat a different way, it doesn't really bother me. Um, I know this is the best way of eating. I've tried pretty much every type of eating. Uh, Mm. I did things to improve. I mean, I lost my hearing when I was younger, so I wear hearing aids and I sort of rely on a bit of lip reading. I've seen my hearing improve. I mean, that's one of the things from this way of eating. Uh, Although I was told, you know, categorically, you got neurological damage. This is in my 20s. Your hearing will never improve. And that was true until I started eating a different way. Now, for people out there, I'm not going to say you're going to be harder hearing and then be hearing perfectly. But Mm -hmm. I got tons of data as my hearing plummeted, 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 continued to get worse to the point it was very severe hearing loss. Um, And since eating this way, it's been a slight uptick. It's a little bit. It's not great. It's not... I can't get rid of my hearing aids. But again, it's a categorical sort of empirical number. There's some data there that shows that it's definitely helped a little bit to uh, get some of my hearing back. So that's probably the reduction in inflammation. So for me, you know, it keeps touching me in different ways and making me really happy and think, wow, this is such uh, such a a good way of eating. It's not for everybody. Some people can't cope with it, like the social situation. Mm -hmm. I've been out and people have, you know, been in a group and I've had, you know, friends point or family point and go, he's the weird one.
1: Uh, he's yeah. the one,
0: yeah. he's odd. Uh, but, you know, I tend to be the one that's got the least body fat on me and, uh, you know, I'm the only one probably at the table who's never taken any medications or tablets or stuff like that. So I'm quite happy with, with that. And I take that very sort of tongue in cheek. I'm happy to be the weirdo that eats like this because in the end, a lot of those people turn around and ask me about it and say, yeah, You are looking pretty good uh, for your age. They always say that. I don't mind that, to be honest. You know, you're looking good for your age. Uh, You must be doing something, right? So tell me about it. So, you know, I spread the word. I don't push it, though. There is that old joke about how do you know someone is a vegan because they tell you, you know, uh, I'm not that. I'm not like I don't walk in anywhere and go, I'm a carnivore. Never said that. I don't care about telling people I've never met before is what I do. But if people ask, then I tend to say, you know, this is how I eat and um, seems to be working for me and, and many, many people are a coach.
1: Yeah, it's such a healing, um, you know, lifestyle. Um, because, mm. yeah, like you were talking about your journey with low carb and keto and all the people that you uh, followed, I, I kind of had the same journey, um, a lot of the same journey. Um, but yeah, you kind of, you take what you learn things from each people, right? Each person. Yes. Um, and what I really love about you, Stephen, um, especially I've seen in the group is that you don't declare to have all the answers. You even say, oh, no. Hey, you know, I, am not sure if I know that let's find, let me find out for you. Hmm. Um, and yeah. that's what I really respect you for that. Um, because a lot of people in the space will say, well, I have the answer to, this and this and this you need to follow this plan you
0: need to do this and people some people want that you see this is this is you know it is there's a two sides to this because a lot of people approach me for coaching and say i want a meal plan i want to know how much protein i want to know and you know this is why i'm not a multi-millionaire i don't pander to that i'll say well, until you start this, I don't know what you need to eat. I don't know when you need to eat because you're a different person to the person before you might have a job, you know, with strange hours. You might live in a place where the temperature is, you know, very variant. Uh, you might have a, you know, five kids. You might have no family. You know, there's lots of different situations, and they all have a big impact on how you operate, you know, how biomechanically and physiologically, how you uh, succeed in life and function in life is not just going to be cured by one thing or, and certainly not one amount of protein per day or one amount of fat per day or a ratio or whatever. It's, it's you've got to see how it works for you. And also the, the healing side of things. What, where have you come from? Are you undernourished? Are you, you know, this is a thing with obesity, which everyone finds quite strange when I first meet them. I'll often find they're very malnourished. And so how can I be? Look at the size of me. You know, I'm carrying an extra me. You know, that's what I heard the other day. Yeah. Yeah. But you're carrying a lot of water and fat and, you know, you you haven't got enough muscle mass really for, for your size, not enough bone density. So that's quite strange. Or we can have people, people often think this is all about weight loss or fat loss, I should say. But it isn't. It's about healing and we'll have people that are malnourished and they're very surprised that they start this way of eating for weight loss or right? well, for fat loss is the main thing they're actually after not weight loss so much. And then they'll gain some muscle and they'll gain some bone density and their hair will look better and the nails will look better. And they're like, wow, what's going on? I didn't come for this. And I say, well, you're sort of healing. You're giving the your body you know, all the nutrients it needs and you are looking better. I mean, the most common thing I say, you know, sadly because of the world, it's mostly Zoom. I coach on. Um, they'll come on the screen and go, "Wow, you look amazing! It's really working for you." And they're like, "Oh, everyone's saying that," <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's it's not. It is nice to to have quite a surprising effect for some people, I think. But I, you know, I don't know the answers, and I scratch my head. But that's how you learn, isn't it? If you think you know all the answers. You're not going to listen or you're going to make an assumption. You know, that's not science. Science is, you know, constantly thinking of the theories and then testing those theories. And what you really do actually is you, you try to disprove them. If you try, yeah. if you go out yeah. of your way to, to prove something and you can't, it pretty much means that what you're doing, what your original theory is, is right. So um, how can I possibly know everything, <laughs> you know? nowhere near it and there are people out there you know like you look at people like ben bickman who's incredibly knowledgeable and either Cummings. there's loads and loads of people out there that have huge amounts of knowledge but i think if you went back looked at 10 years of videos looked at originally what they were like they probably changed ken berry would, would would probably say that when he started doing videos he probably feels a bit differently about some of the first ones he ever did well, that's, that's brilliant. I, I like that. I like people evolving and, and trying to learn more, really.
1: Yeah, we're meant to evolve and change through our, like, our experiences and what we learn along the way, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and then and uh, one thing that you are, you know, um, very knowledgeable in is, you know, helping people with, uh, you know, like you said, the lower back pain mm-hmm. and doing exercises that help with that. Can you share a little bit about some of the exercises
0: that you work with people on? Yeah. I mean, lower back pain is, you know, the, the figures are, I think it's something like 90% of, of people will experience lower back pain at some point in their life. doesn't mean it riddles, it ruins their life, but you know, it, it can be quite troublesome. And, and for some people it does ruin their life. And obviously that can be tied up with posture, how you see it. I mean, I do all my meetings standing. I know that's tough for people to, to adapt to, um, but there are some simple fixes. I mean, one of the things is, is walking. Walking is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I'm not talking about walking to go and gain some muscle and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, so you got arms like a bag of walnuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but walking is a really good exercise for, you know, just your mental well-being and, and it's good functionality. But if you've got lower back pain, one of the things I try to get people to do is do a little bit of walking backwards. Obviously, as long as it's safe, you know, it make sure the train's good. You're not going to trip over a dog or something. You can do three or four minutes of walking backwards every day. You will find that your lower back pain will will lessen uh, in about 75% of the cases. So even if you've had disc degeneration or fusing or anything like that, the biomechanics of walking backwards seem to really help you. Um, improve the situation doesn't mean it'll go completely for everybody but it will lessen the pain that's that's one of the things i've learned and also with exercise you know a lot of people approach it as in the uh more is better you know and and actually a lot of people over train or they overdo it because they think they've got to be in the gym for 90 minutes mm-hmm. and and i've certainly found that isn't the case uh just to give people a bit of experience in, um, you know, in understanding why I feel like this so strongly about this is I was in my twenties and shown an X-ray and told I'd be in a wheelchair by the time I'm 50 because of my lower back. Oh, wow. So I was, I've shown, you know, a convincing image in a hospital setting. Uh, I just had a, a, a spinal tap done to check other things. And, um, you know, it's it pretty serious uh, injury. You know, I was taken off a uh, squash court and I was in absolute pain, real pain, real, you yeah, not as bad as childbirth, but you know what I mean? It was, it was, it yeah. was a lot of pain. It was proper pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really interested in the area. And uh, obviously I'm 58 now and I, I haven't ended up in a wheelchair and I don't have back pain, but I was told I was going to have that for the rest of my life and I'll be on pain medication and all this sort of stuff. So I see people on a day-to-day basis as, Come in, they're on four, you know, one particular one sticks out in my memory four tramadoles a day, had to give up their job. Um, We're working in law enforcement and, you know, on the streets for the police force. Mm -hmm. And within three months, she was off the tramadol and could have gone back to work. I mean, she had to take the sick pay package and all this sort of stuff. So she changed the way she worked. And that's common. That's really common. You can really. change this around so i tend to get people to tell me what their goal is for exercise and then work the exercise around what the goal is and if it's fat loss i don't even take them on for exercise i actually say that's all about nutrition and again this is why i'm not living in a millionaire's palatial mansion because i i I stick to my principles and if they're not prepared to change their nutrition it's not going to work it might work short term Uh, calorie restriction and exercise will work in the short term, but it's not a a good long-term fix, certainly not for for health and, um, you know, like food freedom. So you're not, you're not worried about food all the time. So I do a very short session for most people. 20 minutes is the most, uh, if they're doing resistance training. So if people want to be, you know, muscular, but not, you know, not. I'm not talking the tone, for want of a better word. You know, they just want to look a little bit better in a swim swimming costume. <laughs> Resistance training tends to be the thing that will improve your bone mass as well. Let mm-hmm. me just stop that from zinging, whatever zinging.
1: Oh, um, <laughs>
0: yeah. And uh, short, hard, and intensive is what what I do. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a short workout. It's very hard. You work to fatigue. And then you're out. So you get in the gym, and then you get out, or you work from home. I work out from home. I just use resistance bands. I use nothing else now, um, uh-huh. and I do four exercises one day, and four the next day. So I do like a push exercise session. That's you know, so like a bench press is pushing, and then the next day it'd be a pulling sort of session. So like a row, those sort of things. Really simple. You don't have to uh, have a post-workout shake or a pre-workout shake because people that recommend them tend to sell post-workout shakes or pre-workout shakes. You don't need to do that. I mean, the human body is designed to, to be responsive straight away. If a tiger ran through that door, I would not stop to stretch my quads and say, hang on, I've just got to have a shake. I'm primed to, to be athletic, and we all are. We're all designed to to use our muscles in a way to help us in a fight or flight. You know situation and that's what exercise tends to do it's a stressful situation for the body you have to train out to a to a capacity that makes you least out of breath but you really need to go sort of to your maximal limit to get any central nervous system response so that means you're doing a, a, a bicep curl you know if you're doing it with a pen your central nervous system is not going to say wow there's a lot of stress on this uh, bicep we need to make it bigger Mm -hmm. that's the real basic principle so you need to you need to you know uh, go to a a level where your central nervous system is saying this idiot is lifting this very heavy weight we've got to make the muscles a bit bigger so that's that completely different mindset if someone wants to run a long distance completely different exercising if they come in and want to do a, a marathon the best training for running is running you want to do a really good 5K time, then you train at your maximum capacity of 5,000 meters. That's what you do. If you want to do a 10K, you tr- you train at a 10K. So, so it's, I sort of tend to, to take a sort of basic common sense approach to it, really, rather than um, think you have to get into the nuances. And I mean, I have one. Person I trained it was the Olympic athlete and did the javelin in the Olympics, and that's completely different because it's so specific. And you're you're doing a a periodic sort of plan to to build up to to, to an event. But for most people, you know, it, it's a very simple way to look at things. If you want to run, teach you how to run, do lots of running. If you want to be strong, have muscles, good bone density, then probably resistance training is the best thing to look at really
1: yeah (laughs) i agree i agree and yeah like what now what ways can somebody who let's say they've already um addressed the nutrition Mm -hmm. and so they've already lost a bit of fat they've had some fat loss from just changing their nutrition nothing else Mm -hmm. um so, but then they want to get a little tone, you know. Um, what ways can they just start uh, slowly um, to achieve that?
0: The, they want to get a little what? Did you say a little? Oh,
1: sorry, tone, like a little tone. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, um, well, um,
0: this is this is where the resistance training comes in. So, all muscles have, uh, you know, they they have a tone to them right now. That's why you are you know, flopping all over the place. So muscles are always toned and then they can contract and then you can, uh, you know, extend them as well. And that is what will make them uh, more responsive is, is is lifting weights. Basically you can use body weight, but it's still weight. Mm -hmm. So, so what you're actually doing is you're competing against gravity. Whenever you're doing any sort of strength training, you know, if, if you've got a weight, I haven't got a weight to hand here, but you know, if you've got a weight in your hand, like when you do the bicep curl, you're stopping that weight from just falling under the influence of gravity, which is why you can do a you know a push-up, which is your whole body weight mm-hmm. against the force of gravity because it wants you on the floor and then you push against the gravity. So it's, sorry to be very vague, but it's no, really it's- simple, Rosa. It's, it's very simple. If If you want to look toned, it's probably best to move some weights around and yeah. to do it at least three times a week and not go mad over it. And you a beginner will notice a difference after six weeks of just doing, you know, like I say, four to eight basic exercises, three times a week. You know, 15, 20 minutes. I've got my my workout down to about 12, 13 minutes, really. That, that I'm very effective at it. Um, but if you were doing that, if you're doing three times a week, 20 minutes, but really working out hard, you know, got to make a good effort, whatever you're doing. It will work. And, you know, these sort of videos where it says I I did. I did push ups. I did 100 push ups a day. And this what happened after 30 days or Mm -hmm. I did 30 days of squats. This is what happened. It isn't the exercise itself per se. It's the fact that person's got this habit of doing something. So um, you could do those sort of things. You could do a squat challenge and your lower body will respond brilliantly. You could do a push-up challenge and your upper body will respond brilliantly. There you are. You know, simple as that. So you could say, right, I'm going to squat and do push-ups. That you're going. That's really simple. Really, really simple. Most people want it to be want it, want it to be a little bit more interesting than that. But you know, you can you can do these basic exercises that are pretty much free. You can do air squats, so that's a bodyweight squat, and you could do a push-up. You don't need any equipment. And you need a space as big as you. Yeah. So you, you don't need anything flash. You don't have to go to the gym. And then you'll get some results. But most people get addicted. You know, once they start seeing a difference, oh, wow, I really like this. I want to do 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 want to all the kit and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, and I get that. I was there. I did that. I used to love going to the gym. And if, if I would say one thing about gyms is the mental health, having a social group, having like nodding acquaintances or people sort of giving you a thumbs up when you've just done something, you know, and, you know, yeah, that's really good. Well done. You can talk to other people. That's quite good. But, you know, in the end, what motivation do you need? Just looking in the mirror and seeing the body composition changing. You don't need to then change your diet. You don't have to do anything to the nutrition. You keep eating, making sure you're eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're full. You'll be fine. Make sure you have enough protein if you're trying to gain some muscle. It's really, you know, it's, it's literally not rocket science.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've and I've had I've had squat challenges and push up challenges and and just to kind of get people moving, I think is important. You know, yeah, just-
0: I think. Yeah. You
1: need
0: to move. <laughs> yeah, you need to move with a purpose. I think I would add to that. Because if you walk, for instance, that's not really pushing you physiologically. You will you will get improvements from walking, mm-hmm. but you won't see like the uh, you know the shape in your muscles, you won't get slightly bigger muscles or more tone in your muscles. Walking is a a fantastic thing, but it's not high intensity. It's what we tend to call incidental exercise. Good for biomechanics, good for mental health, all that sort of stuff. It doesn't fatigue you over time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people that walk a lot are fit, but they won't have that sort of body composition change that you're looking for, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been walking a lot um, over the last couple of years because I had, it was just a... I was overtraining. I was doing. Uh, I was training to be a roller girl, roller roller derby. I don't know if you all are right. familiar <laughs> with that. So <laughs> <But the laughs> roller skating, um, and I was, and that's intense. Three hours each um, uh, for a practice, and then um, and then I was weight training, um, yeah. and then all of a sudden, what happened in my I, my SI joint um mm-hmm. was inflamed and then my whole uh, right side um the sciatic um uh, mm-hmm. it was very tight um and so when I would walk I would have all these muscle con- um contractions
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: that were very painful so it was very painful you know to sit to stand to walk all these things so how I um I was my own personal trainer physical trainer <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. I just walked I'd walk to walk to walk.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: I couldn't train for a while, and then I actually found around that time I found just eating more meat, eating a carnivore diet, helped uh, to recover too. You mm. know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing you don't need to try. I mean that is an interesting thing you just said there because a lot of people do the weights and then they run, and that's what we call cross canceling because you are building up your muscle and then you're tearing down your muscles. So if you think if you're doing endurance running, not sprinting, by the way, but most mm-hmm. people don't do that. They do like a longer distance run. So if you think of a hundred meter sprint and what they look like, you know, they're very bulky rips, you know, very muscular. You think of a marathon runner who looks like they need to sit down and have a good meal, which is not, a, a, you know, that's what they do. They're, they're much thinner mm-hmm. and that's because your body, the physiological response to doing lots, lots of long distance, your body will adapt. Talk about ad- adaptation earlier. Your body will adapt to make you a good runner. So it will make your muscles less bulky. It will make your bones lighter. It will make you look like marathon runner that because that's the perfect look for your body. That's the perfect composition. So you're in the gym, you're using the weights, you're bench pressing. Oh, I want to get these big muscles. And then you go out and run and then you're saying to your body, I want to get smaller muscles and lighter bones. So you do this cross cancelling thing. It's probably best to do a bit of one thing for a period of time get the muscle you want. And if you really want to do the running and I understand that, like I say, I've got medals over there for, for middle distance running, um, then get into the running. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be a hobbyist and you can do both, but you'll probably never get the maximal benefit out of either way of training. You might feel great. And if it works for you, then I'm also one of those people that if it works for you and you like it, that's fine. If you want to be in the gym three hours and it works for you, that's fine too. I'm not prescriptive in any way. But you're a good example. You see, you loved it, but then you had the knock-on effect. Your chronic adaptation was injury. Yeah. Your yeah. body, your body said to you, "You're doing too much, and you're doing too much of different things. It's, I can't adapt." Mm-hmm. You know. And this is the thing. So, like, take like a soccer player. You know, they train to be a soccer player. That's it. But if they was also doing tennis and they were doing squash, and they were doing uh, long-distance running, they would not be such a good fo- soccer player because they would be different adapt- adaptations would be happening. But also you might find they'd be injured a lot more because are doing too many different things. So the body is not getting stronger in the right area or it's getting weaker in a different area.
1: That makes more sense to me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because you're well, cause I was also a runner too. I, and I had to stop that um, because I was having joint pain and, 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 you know, other issues. So I think I just hmm. have some underlying you know type of issues and then also i wasn't feeling myself properly with enough protein like i am mm. now na- like i am now you know yes. um <laughs> and so all <laughs> all that all that stuff kind of makes it you know a difference you know um strengthening the bones and the muscles and the right areas
0: so mm. that
1: that makes more sense to me now
0: good that's good it's nice to talk some sense
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> but you don't
0: know and that's the thing and I think a lot of people when they join the steak and butter gang, they're quite surprised that I'm very candid about you don't have to exercise to lose the fat. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, right? Uh, Exercise is good for many things. You know, maintaining your functionality is the key thing, right? It makes your muscles, your joints, your bones, your mental health really good. It does do that. But it, it isn't a fat loss tool because you could do all this exercise and eat Utter garbage, and you would not be healthy, mm-hmm. and you certainly would have a terrible body composition. And I always say this: you know, if if I had two people come up, and one said, "I'm going to exercise. I'm going to be the best exercise person ever you've ever had," but I'm going to eat rubbish. I'm going to eat all the things I want to eat. And the other one said, "I'm not going to exercise, but I'm going to be so on point with my nutrition." Mm-hmm. Six months later, the person that didn't exercise would look healthier, without a shadow of a doubt.
1: Yeah, and my exercise has gone a lot uh, down a lot. I used to be somebody who exercised every day, you know. Um, I was very adamant about doing all these different exercises every day. You know, weight training was became one of my favorites.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but um, I think that as things happen with our bodies, we need to adapt, right? Mm,
0: yeah, and recovery uh, and, is a big thing. Recovery is really important.
1: Yeah, and then our life. And so I, I've gotten really busy with life, and I – and I'll throw in an I'll throw in a weight training exercise like once a week. I do a lot of walking. I'm very active. Mm-hmm. I'm always on my feet. It seems, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I'm not sedentary. I'm not, you know, I'm not lazy. Um, mm-hmm. but just finding ways to work out smarter.
0: Yes. I think. Yeah, positive. and that that's the thing. It's not the hours you put in. It's what you put in the hours. Because I've been in gyms. And I've seen people come in and spend an hour in the gym and think, "Wow, you could have done that in ten minutes if you hadn't been on your phone and talking to your mate and 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 basically sitting around or looking at people." You know, is it, yeah. get in and get it done if, if you want to train. Short, hard, and intensive. You know, I don't like to swear, but we call them shit workouts for people <laughs> to remember. Short, hard, intense. That's it. And you will get you will get something from it. That that's the thing. If you like the the social side then why not do your workout and then talk or talk and then do your, your workout just get it done. Um, and you will feel so much better because it is more really about the response. This this is a thing. So, I mean, I I have loads of different props, but if you've got your, let's say your knee, you've got your knee joint, okay, so there's a knee. The knee, well, everywhere in the body has loads of nerves, but you've got nerves running down there and they – will tell your um they will tell your somatosensory cortex basically they will tell your brain what your muscles are doing okay so i'm going to end, I'll talk about the sedentary bit so if you're working out and you're bending your knee a lot that nerve is sending a signal to say right this person's doing this and there are receptors in there and there's the, like muscle spindles and the, the Golgi tendon organs. All people can look these all up and they are telling you about velocity and stress and shearing effects. And that, that is how the body reacts. Now it needs time to then react, you know, so it needs maximum time to recover which is why when you know athletes are out injured they don't come straight back within two weeks and then go straight onto the field and compete again they need time to build up and and respond so if you're training three hours a day you know there's not much time and you're over straight you're doing this all the time and the body's like wow i can't keep up because this person is not letting me recover And then you train the next day there's no rebuilding time so i often say you know, the way I work out, like I say, 15 minutes a day, 23 hours, 45 minutes. I'm not working out. That's when all the good stuff happens. It's a bit like sleep. People think we're well, sleeping. We all know now sleep is important, but you could look at it and say, well, I'm doing nothing. I'm sedentary. Why is it so good? Well, it's so good because everything recovers. But also you need recovery during the day in the waking hours. So if you're doing 15 minutes three times a week, that means most days you're recovering and rebuild it. Mm-hmm. And getting stronger and the other days it's still 23 hours 45 minutes where it's all about what happens then and this is where the nutrition is as well you can work out for an hour but if your 23 hours of food intake and how you live life is is not on point you, you're not going to get anywhere and I do think like sleep is really underestimated when people talk about exercise. Mm-hmm. It's not very sexy and funky. It doesn't sell me many programs. I, I, you know, I'm not one of these people that push exercise programs because in the end it is about everything. Mm-hmm. It, you can have the world's best designed exercise program, but if your nutrition is not there, if your sleep's not there, uh, if your recovery's not in, um, Gonna have you're gonna have a problem. I mean, even that guy actually I talked about earlier who did so well to get into the top 25% of the world as a marathon runner in a year is amazing, you know, from from really being overweight and very, very unfit. I had to I had to tell him to have rest because he wouldn't he got so into it, and that's great and got the results really good. But I kept saying you don't you don't plan in any rest days, and I had to change his online calendar from rest to programmed recovery (laughs) day you know so so you could see that it's just a mindset a mindset thing Mm
1: -hmm. because
0: people think what you just said i'm being sedentary today i'm not doing anything that's really bad of me no you're recovering Mm
1: -hmm. and you need
0: to recover and then when you go into the, the gym the next time you're going in with your maximal abilities you know you're fully recovered you're fully stoked with the nutrition you got all the things that you need to have a really good workout you don't need carbs your body constantly makes carbohydrate you know uh, the liver is producing it constantly your glycogen stores you know are always there i don't touch carbs i never have a problem so you don't have to, to fall down that oh to exercise you go have carbohydrates it's such a load of rubbish really. <laughs> because our body is amazing at, at making what we need from non-carbohydrate, you know, substrate. So you don't need to eat a particular thing before you work out or after. Just get in, do your workout, eat your protein, eat your fats, uh, hydrate. Don't overhydrate. That's another thing people do. They drink way too much water, so their urine is clear. They're flushing out all their electrolytes. They're uh, urinating in the middle of the night, so they don't have good sleep. Make sure that, you know, urine is a waste product, shouldn't be clear. It should be straw colored, you know, lightly straw colored shouldn't be dark. If it's dark, you're not drinking enough. And if it's clear, you're drinking too much water. So um, that's, that's quite a big one actually in the carnivore space because it's one of those things where people start to drink a lot more water, which is, which is good. It's certainly better than sodas and artificial sweeteners and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. but you can drink too much and people still believe the eight glasses of water myth and all that. There's, you know, ribeye, 70% water. There's enough water in your food actually for most people to hydrate you adequately. But um, it's difficult to tell people that because again, it's one of those mainstream mantras. Oh, drink loads and loads of water. And then, I mean, the big one definitely for me is people urinating in the middle of the night. And I'm saying, well, that's ruining your sleep. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be doing that. You know, you should be drinking just enough to thirst. So it's quenched just enough. So your urine's cl- not clear. It's just straw colored. And then use your urine as your regulator. If your thirst is a bit off, if you're not sure when you should be drinking. If, if you urinate and it's clear, you've drunk a bit too much. So tomorrow, don't drink so much. See how you get yeah. To, you know and um, and modulate it that way
1: yeah i i um followed your guys' advice you know in the group because you were talking a lot about that in the group and um i was drinking a lot of water i was taking electrolytes and i recently i stopped the electrolytes <laughs> for me <laughs> i found i didn't really need them i was just more addicted to you know they they had the flavor and um and and the you know had a little bit of the uh, artificial sweetener in those. And, uh, and I, and I've noticed a big change. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. I'm not so thir- I was thirsty all the time. Uh, yes.
0: We, yeah, and that's one of the weird things is counterintuitive. When you're drinking too much, you can be thirsty all the time because you're urinating and you're urinating, <laughs> urinating out your electrolytes as well. So you get this, you know, uh, vicious circle of like, wow, I need to drink more. Oh I yeah. need electrolytes. Yeah. And I was, was I was in
1: away. a I, I felt like <laughs> yeah. I, I was in a circle and these electrolytes are not cheap, right? They're expensive. No. And then I, I noticed that um yeah, I had switched I had just switched from mostly carnivore, I was I was carnivore ish, I I guess you would call me. Uh, to just strict carnivore. And then I was thirsty I was thirsty at first in the adaption. Mm-hmm. And then my thirst started to subside and then, yeah, I got out of that vicious cycle with the, with the yeah, good. <laughs> with electrolytes, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Just listening to your body is important. Like, you know, yes. you don't, you don't need all these supplements and uh, electrolytes, uh, all huh. the water.
0: You know? I mean, they had, everything has its place. And if you have an electrolyte imbalance and, and you've, you've cut back on the water and you still feel like you need it. I don't know if you've got constipation, diarrhea, leg cramps or whatever. They have a place as a sort yeah. of temporary bridge. But it's something that, that you're like you just said, this whole theme of this is all about adaptation. Your body adapts. It's amazingly adaptive, you know. Animals get on with it. If, you know, I've seen dogs with three legs running around. Yeah? They adapt. Yeah. You know, we we are adaptive animals. That's why we're successful as a species. We can adapt to extreme temperatures, famines, feet. You know, we can feast. We can uh, overcome illnesses. We have a brilliant immune system if we have the right levels of vitamin D and being out in the sun and all that. We can recover from things if we have good sleep. So, you know, we're an adaptive species. And I think, you know, those electrolytes are in the food. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as plentiful as they used to be when the soil was better, but it's they're still there our our body regulates that, and um you know drinking an abundance of water is just just ridiculous really
1: yeah it's not necessary it's well not necessary. i yeah, well, I really appreciate your time today uh coach stephen um mm-hmm. and I know that you gotta um we gotta cut it um off eventually here
0: <laughs> Yeah, I have a session coming up actually,
1: yes yeah. yes but I really appreciate all the work that you're doing in the community and all the information that you share it's very uh, much needed um because there's a lot of confusion
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of confusion yeah. and
1: and um so where can people uh reach out to you um find your information uh work with you if they want to I know that you have you do have a um you do have
0: a workout program that you offer as well too. Oh, yeah, I do have yeah, I do have a workout program uh uh the ukcarnivore.com is is the website. i I'll send you some links Rosa, so you can put in the bottom there. Oh yeah. Uh, so I'm you. I'm on Instagram a little bit. I do stories on there not much. I'm not particularly a fan of uh, social media. Um I do Facebook and Twitter but not really um something I'm that interested in. I don't like the platforms really. So, so the website, but the main one is the steak and butter girl. Um, you know, looking at the 30 day challenges they run, you can hook up with me there. Uh, I'm quite happy for people to email me. So that's, uh, I'll send you the link, but I'll say it as well. coach at gmail.com is the email. Um, and it, you know, I'm open to questions and people, you know, wanted to go a bit further you can book sessions with me. I do half hour or 60 minutes, quite happy to go through bloods. If people send me bloods and book a session just to explain what the things are, what Mm. high, why it might be high or why it might be low and trying to put it in context, you know, certainly, you know, looking at glucose and insulin and yeah, a one C and all the main ones pretty easy to go through, but I can go through the nuanced one as well from the phlebotomy side of things. Um, obviously not a doctor I don't diagnose don't prescribe anything or de-prescribe anything I just try and give people the information to make a decision for them to go do a bit of research or know exactly what's happening to their body and then just take it from there really
1: Perfect. I do, do a
0: workout program yeah but the answer is yes I do an online working out program but you can email me to ask about that as well so
1: yes and I will be sure to put all you know all the links um, down below um, mm-hmm. so you can reach out to Stephen here um, and I thank you so much for your time today, Steven.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Yes. And I will see you in the community meeting soon. <laughs> yes. <you will. laughs> yes. Thank you for listening to the rock your best life podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you're subscribed. So you don't miss a thing. If you loved this episode, I would just love it if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating or review. It really helps more people find the information on this podcast. If you need help getting started on your journey, I'm your girl. I would love to be your coach and guide. I offer a free 30-minute discovery call over at rockandrosawellness.com. Let's find what works best for you. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Until then, don't forget to rock your best life.